Hello there and welcome to episode 16 of season 2 of Tracking the Draft with Craig Button. The director of scouting for TSN will be along shortly. My name is Dean Millard and this is where the stars of tomorrow are discovered and discuss and we all uh, we also uh, talk about other things than just uh, players we are going to discuss today what Craig's scouting plan is for the rest of the season as he puts together the the Craigslist with travel restrictions we're going to talk about how scouts um, don't always just well they do notice the great the bad plays but they also notice the subtle plays and just how to pick out those subtle plays by the way, we are going to do Craig's Council next week. Story time and scouting tips. So if you're interested in scouting and you have a question, we'll tell you how to email it to us in just a little bit. Or if you want to hear some great stories, you have a question about a story or a particular player maybe, uh, shoot them our way. Uh, we will uh, give you the email address in just a little bit, how to get in touch with us. Uh, here are the three players that we are going to be discussing today. Logan Stankoven of the Kamloops Blazers, Cameron Wynott of the Halifax Mooseheads in the QMJHL, and we will be taking a look at Matt Coronado of the Chicago Steel, who might just be an absolute steal for pipeline prospects in the Ultimate Fantasy Hockey League, paying just $35 for a guy who has 30 He's paying less per goal this year with uh, Matt Coronado, who has a lot of goals. We'll tell you all about it as we go. We're also going to discuss the Buffalo Sabres making a coaching change and letting Ralph Kruger go. I'm totally surprised. I, I, I'm shocked. I thought Ralph Kruger was going to do a really good job from all the talk that I had heard here in Edmonton from the players and what I saw in him turning around the Oilers. Obviously, he did some good work at the World Cup, uh, but I'll ask Craig about that and find out kind of what his thoughts are on um, that situation. Uh, Craig joins us courtesy of the UFFS Hotline. It is the most realistic, highest-stakes fantasy platform out there, and you can become a scout, scouting real-world players and then having them auctioned or selling them directly, depending on when you pick them up, to franchises in the league. So just like Craig scouts these players, you could be scouting real-world players, making some money, and maybe uh, joining an affiliate. Who knows? We'll see. In this, game, in this, you own the game. So get in the game where you own the game. Check it out, uffsports.com. Brand new website is coming. Uh, you would be scouting these players, listing them. They become NFTs on the Zillica blockchain, and boom, this thing is growing 
so, so much. And uh, we thank uh, Craig Button for being a part of high-level scouting in the Ultimate Fantasy Hockey League, of which my wife, Trish Millard, is uh, the owner. All right, let's get into it right now with Mr. Craig Button. Here he is, the director of scouting for TSN, former GM of the Calgary Flames, and a Stanley Cup champion with the Dallas Stars. Plus, he's a sharp-dressed man with a heart of gold and a passion to match it. Craig Button. Well, Craig, as we get closer and closer to uh, the the end of the season, it brings us closer and closer to the draft. The trade deadline is very shortly. We'll see how many prospects are involved in that. But I, I want to ask you what kind of the plan is, uh, you know, for you and the, the other scouts that you've uh, talked to in the last little while for the rest of the season. How do you go about putting together the Craigslist this year when you've, uh, you know, when the season has been so scattered? And are, are you planning on uh, getting out and doing a lot of traveling? Or are you watch a lot of video this year well you're limited to how much travel you can do uh d number one so that's the same thing the nhl scouts have you know obviously uh you know there's an opportunity to go and watch some games live but there really isn't the opportunity to travel and, and and to move about and 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 Keep in mind as well is that the opportunity to go in rinks isn't as wide open as, as, as it once was. So there's there's a lot more scouting uh, via video, and, and the video feeds are really good, and you, you, you try to avail yourself as best as you can, and, and that's what I've been doing, and, and that's what you have to do, and I, you've been, I've been doing that uh, over the course of the year. And, and just like the NHL scouts, you know, you, you got to deal with the uh, – with the evaluation template you have in front of you. And, and, and that's how do you use video? You know, when do you go to a rink? You know, you know what, what benefits can you, do you get by going to the rink? And, and you do get benefits, but you're not going to be able to do that as much. So uh, the evaluation process is, is using what's at your disposal to the best of your abilities. That's, that's what I'm going to do. And in the case of a, of a number of players, you know, I've had an opportunity to watch them uh, live, you know, from the time they were 15 and 16. But, you know, now you, you, you miss the part, you know, where you watch the different uh, uh, intervals of time and see, you know, where they developed, how much they've ta- how much they progressed in their game, how much maybe they haven't progressed. And then you, you weigh that all together. But, you know, it, it, what I'm doing is exactly what the NHL scouts are doing. And, you know, there's no other way to do it. I mean, you can throw your arms up and say, oh, okay, it's not uh, the way I'm used to doing it, but you got to find a different way to do it. And certainly uh, my list will will be reflective of, of, of the information I can gather from from not only my previous live viewings, but from my viewings that I've been able to do on video. And when you're watching players, uh, you know, we all recognize the guy that undresses three people and goes top shelf for a beautiful goal or the five-star giveaway, uh, serving up the pizza pie up the middle, as Jason Strudwick likes to call it. So we, we can all recognize those good and bad plays. But what, what 
you know, what is it, how is it important and, and how do you watch for those subtle plays, those little things in a player's game that maybe go unnoticed by an untrained eye? You know, is that just super concentration? Are you, are you focused in on one player all the time? You know, what's, what's your, uh, I guess, uh, your solution for that? Yeah, I, I, I don't go in with one general, I'm going to just watch a player. You know, sometimes you're just watching the game and you're watching to see, you know, how the flow of the game works and, you know, how, how a player is fitting into that flow of the game. And, and other times you just, you, you know, that player is coming out and you really want to zero in on them. And so, you, you, you know, you do that. You know, one of the things, that, and, and you use the word subtle, and, and I'll give you an example that I think that you have to be really aware of. So a good, just use, I'm not, I'm not going to use a name, I'm going to say a really good scoring winger, a really talented uh, offensive player that plays on the wing. So, you know, you're watching him play and you can go to the game and you can, at the end of the game, you can say, oh, geez, he had one assist, he only had two shots on goal. But what you may not, what you have to be able, and, and this is where I use the, the word translate, and this is where it's really becomes, if you see that player breaking to the right areas but he doesn't have players that can get him the puck and you start to say wait a sec he's reading the play right he knows where to go to to, to receive a puck he gets himself open and as you start to uh, look at the abilities and try to project it you say well when he gets with better players he's going to get the puck you know conversely a player that's going to the wrong places all the time it doesn't matter how good the players are or aren't he's never going to be in the right spot to get the puck so it doesn't matter how fast he skates or how, how hard he shoots it, it he's going to be limited so those are things that you look at like you know how, how the pass is delivered is the pass delivered on time a, a good scoring winger you know, if he gets the puck in the right spot and, you, you know, not every pass is going to be perfect, but if he's not getting the puck at the right times or in the right spots, you know, that, and, and you can say, yeah, he didn't score tonight, but he, he might have done everything you want to see from an offensive player, but th certain things out of his control, if you're going to just look at the score sheet and say he didn't score, therefore he's not very good, I think that's where a lot of mistakes can be made. Now, obviously, you know, we're talking about good players and good players find a way to get on the score sheet. But that's just one example of, 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 of things you look for. Defensemen, you know, like anticipating the play. So the puck might be down in, in, in the corner, but like, where's that defenseman moving? Is he, is he moving into an area where, you know, he doesn't realize that he's vulnerable up the middle of the ice or behind him? So, or is he taking a little step and saying, hey, you're not going to be able to make this play here because I'm reading what you're trying to do. Those are all things that you might not be able to capture on video that become important elements of evaluation in my view, uh, Dean. All right, let's get to the first player we are going to discuss today, and it's uh, Logan Stankoven, a forward with the Kamloops Blazers in the uh, WHL. Uh, Daltac Scouting Services uh, picked him up for $520 in our auction. He actually went for $525, but uh, the, the scouting service that wanted him didn't have that money, so the next team got him. The other scout got fined. But I remember at one point, Craig, he was really hyped as a special player, maybe top five, maybe top ten. But now a lot of rankings have him late first round, early second round. Is there any kind of reason, do you think, for his drop in some of the rankings? And and did you have him really high and, and have him a little bit lower now as well? 
Well, number one, I, I don't know what other people are evaluating. So where they list them or why they list them there, I, I really have no comment on it because I don't know. Here's what I'll say about Logan. You asked me earlier about, you know, scouting. So you go and watch a game. When you, when you start watching younger players and you don't have a real good feel or a real good background on them, you start watching the game just overall and you just try to you know watch the game okay who where's the puck because there's one puck on the ice and so you start watching the game you start seeing and then something starts to happen somebody keeps showing up around that puck or with the puck all the time and then you start to go wait a second that's a guy i need to watch and that is who i just described uh with logan stankold so you know all i know is is it from the first time i've watched him and every time since He's, he, he's got the puck, he's about to get the puck, he's dangerous with the puck, he's getting a scoring chance, he's creating a scoring chance, he's got a great brain in terms of the game. And as the late, great Claude Ruel told me many years ago when I first started scouting, he says, Craig, watch the guy with the puck, usually that's the good player. Well, Logan Stan Colvin's that guy with the puck. So if you want to ask me what you're going to hear about Logan Stan Colvin, I'm going to tell you what you're going to hear. Oh, he's undersized. Mm -hmm. oh, okay, yeah, okay. So again, like, yeah, I, like I can look at the at the height and, and tell you, yeah, he's only this height. Oh, he might not be the fastest player. Yeah, okay. So those are the things that that are known. And but then I start to look at all the other qualities. Great brain, great hockey sense, quick, agile. You know, able to speed up or slow down, which really keeps defenders on their heels plays inside the dots, plays hard, you know, can shoot the puck, gets open at the right times, doesn't get himself involved in unnecessary battles where he doesn't have an advantage. So what Logan Stankova does is beat you up with his brain, and then he's got the skill to take over. I, I see a really good NHL player. I see a player that has a chance to be really good. And, you know, you put him in the right spots with the right players, he, he could be Alex Dabrinkat. That's who he could be. So where did Alex Dabrinkat go? Second round? All he did was score 50 goals and 50 goals and have the puck all night long. Well, that's Logan Stankoven. So I really don't, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm projecting players and ultimately what I'm going to do is, is I'm going to make a list and I'm going to project based on who I think has the ability to be the best in the NHL or contribute in certain areas. It's not, it's not straightforward. Third guy's better than the fourth guy. You, uh, I've talked about this a lot of times, but like, Again, I'm just going to tell you what you're going to hear. Undersized, all the, all, let me be straightforward. All the BS that goes in with the mistakes that will follow. Yeah, the uh, scouting with a tape measure-itis that some scouts oh. get uh, afflicted oh. with, and I know you don't. Um, do you think he projects as more of a goal scorer, or do you think there's a balance between uh, goal scoring and playmaking? Uh, you know, his, his big year in, in Kamloops, uh, he did have almost 30 goals, uh, but wh what do you think he projects to be uh, down the road. So, Dean, let me ask you this question, okay? Mm -hmm. Logan Stankoven is a 16-year-old player entering the Western Hockey League, okay? Scored 29 goals. Go through the Western Hockey League and ask and, and look at how many how many players overall scored 29 goals. Right. He did it as a 16-year-old, as a 16-year-old player. This kid's a good young player, okay? So, what what I see him as is is when I use Alex DeBrincat, Alex DeBrincat can score as well as he can make a play. And I think Logan Stankoven is very similar.
Yeah, to bring out one of the reasons the Hawks are doing as well. All right, let's get to Cameron Wynod, a defenseman out of Halifax in the QMJHL. And uh, Ruby ISS scouting grabbed him for $60. Uh, we mentioned Stan Colvin earlier, $520. Depending on his draft, that could uh, impact that uh, scouting service as a loss. But Cameron Wynod for $60 looks like could be a bit of a steal. He has already doubled his point production from his rookie season in Halifax. Facts. What progress do you see and have you seen in his development path? Big progress. And again, I think a lot of it just came with, you know, maturity and confidence and, you know, just growing into his game. Cameron has a, has a, has a high IQ in playing the game. Great poise with the puck, really good skater, you know, gets the puck to the right areas at the right times. Doesn't matter where he is on the ice, you know, the puck gets moving. The puck ends up in, in, in the spots where you either get out of trouble or you can start to take advantage and apply pressure offensively. Uh, he, he, the, the style of player that I would say he reminds me of a lot is TJ Brody. You know, mm. real smooth, real effortless in terms of, okay, that, that, that 12 foot pass, it's coming right to you at the perfect time and away we go. You know, he's not going to panic defensively. He's not going to overpower you physically because that's not his game, but he's going to take the puck off you. He's going to be in good position. He, he reads the play exceptionally well, both defensively and offensively and in transition. And, you know, when, when you start with those elements of just really good, strong sense of the game, and how it's unfolding and what the situations require. And now you can contribute in multiple areas and you got a poise and a calm to your game. And yet at the same time, you know when he has to make a play. A lot of a lot of players, defensemen, they make a play when when they run themselves out of any other option. Cameron doesn't do that. Cameron knows what his options are, and he can put you in a position where he goes, okay, this is my best option. I'm going to deliver it right here, right to you right now. Had a decent amount of penalty minutes in his uh, first season. Is he a, a fairly hard physical defenseman to play, or maybe at times was he just over aggressive and has and has reined it in and picked his spots a little bit more? I would say neither. He's not an overly aggressive player. I don't think physical play, physical aggressiveness is his game. I think what happened to Cameron with all those penalty minutes in his rookie year was he he was a defenseman that got himself in the right positions, but got overpowered physically. So now you're trying to hang on, you're trying to hold, you're trying to hook, you're getting yourself in interference positions, right? And that just becomes because he wasn't strong enough, he wasn't physical enough. And, you know, again, all developmental, all things that as you get stronger, you can hold your space a little bit better, you can rub a guy out a little bit better. And that strength comes all the way from your body with leverage through your, through your uh, core, into your upper body, all those things that are part of physical development. So it, to me, it had nothing to do with his, uh, uh, with his, uh, with aggressiveness or, or it, it just had to do with where he was at. And, and when you're in the right spots and you, and you want to, and you want to get yourself into those right spots, sometimes at younger ages, you get overwhelmed. And I, I, I think that that was as much of a case for Cameron as anything. All right. Well, Craig joins us courtesy of the UFFS hotline. Scouting is a huge part of the platform, and it is the lifeblood of franchises in the ultimate fantasy hockey league. Any free agent, any prospect goes through a scout, so you can get in the game where you own the game and start putting your scouting talent to good use. Become an independent scout or form a partnership with an existing franchise. 
reach out for more information at uh, UFH League on Twitter. And uh, Craig, I'm going to throw a bit of a UFHL uh, sort of uh, themed question in our auction, our league rather. Uh, the scouts and the, the 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 teams bid on their players. So my question for you as a scout: uh, If you were to get uh, the choice of a top five pick for a thousand dollars. Or anybody after round two and beyond, so three and beyond, uh, ten players for a hundred dollars each. What would your preference be? Well, unless it's a Connor McDavid or an Austin Matthews or a Mayor Lemieux or a player like that, right at the top of the uh, at the top of the list, because top five, you know, one is different than five in any of those drafts. So unless uh, unless you can tell me I got a number one pick and it's Austin Matthews or Connor McDavid, one of those elite elite players, give me give me the ten players for the same amount of money. You look at the NHL scoring list. I mean, look at Brad Marchand. Yep, third round pick. Look at uh, mm-hmm. Braden Point, third round draft pick. There's lots of players that have come after the second round that are really high producing that that, that, that get overlooked or uh, maybe overlooked might be the wrong term, but you know they they get assessed in different ways that may not reflect uh, their full potential once they get to the NHL, and that's why I would take for the same amount of money I would take the ten players uh, over the one. Because, uh, you know what, if you want to put all your eggs in one basket, what I need is really simple. Here's what I need. I need a guarantee that it's McDavid or Matthews. If I don't have that guarantee, give me the 10. All right, that's interesting. I would go the other way. I look at a guy like Kale McCarr, and and I would, uh, you know, definitely take a guy like that inside the top five over, you know, for the potential. But And that's the beauty of our league and different scouts, and even within our, you know, organization, you know, people differ, and you, you work it out just like you would in an NHL organization because, you know, you, you, you know, have to come to some sort of unity as a, as a, as an organization. But it, it it's different strokes for different folks, and, and that's why it's not one package and, and robot scouting, right, Craig? Well, well, you're exactly right, and, and, and you make a, a, a great point about, you know, that's how you work it out in the NHL. It's like, okay, what are your thoughts? What are my thoughts? You know, and, and, and then you try to weigh out, okay, what's our best course of action? What's our best right. path? But, like, if I told you you'd get John Klingberg in the third round and Braden Fort in the third round as opposed <laughs> yeah. to Kale McCarr, tell me what you would want. Yeah, yeah. If we could only scout with crystal balls, right, Craig? Well, that's why. But, but but I'm just saying, like, but but when you put all your eggs in one basket, to me, you need guarantees. Mm-hmm. Well, and the good thing about us is we have six uh, baskets in the first round. So, you know, there we you can take uh, different players. And then when those guys that want those players uh, from uh, rounds three to seven, they're not going to be a hundred bucks when they get them from us. They're going to be much more because we paid for them. And that's the, exactly. the beauty of it. All right, let's get to uh, Matt Coronado now. And uh, this is a left winger with uh, Chicago of the USHL. Pipeline prospects grab this guy for $35. That, I think, is going to be a pretty big steal and a pretty good profit, Craig. And I look at his numbers in Chicago, 36 goals in 39 games, 31 assists to boot. I don't know how he is not ranked higher than than some people have him in the back half of uh, round one. I, I looked at eight different rankings, and the average was 29. Uh, I have a feeling this guy is going to go... A little bit higher than that with those numbers, but uh, what do you think, Craig? Well, I mean, he's a he's a he's a very talented player, and you know, you look at you, you look at talent, uh, offensively talented players. 
You know, like who who doesn't want those players? Like I like I, I you, you can find checkers and and energy players in a lot of different parts of the draft. Like it bought like after you know the in the mid rounds, somebody that has skill and has a real great ability to get his skill in the game in, in many different ways. You know th- those types of players they're not common. They're not they're they're hard to find. So. You look at a player, and, and and I don't I don't think I don't think Matt is like Brendan Gallagher, but like Brendan Gallagher was a mid round draft pick. But when you watch uh, Gallagher play junior, he had a hunger, he had a nose, he had the sense and the feel. He just needed to physically mature, and he, and he certainly has into a real 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 good player. So who doesn't want Brendan Gallagher? Connor Garland, who plays with the Arizona Coyotes, yeah, another player. You know, all he did was produce points and all he did, and he ends up, I, I don't know, fourth or fifth round draft pick of the Arizona Coyotes. So when I look at Matt Coronado and I see a player that's that's smart and gifted and hungry and makes plays and is dangerous player, and I start to look and say, well, geez, when he gets with better players and he has all that skill, I, 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 why you, you want to wait. Okay, when you wait on players like Matt Coronado, here's how I feel. What you're really banking on is other teams, if you like them, you're banking on other teams to make a mistake. And to me, that's the mistake. The mistake is just get get skill, get get a high-end player that can that can create uh, offensive chances that makes good on them. It, it's only going to get better. And to me, that's Matt Coronado in a T. So if, if you don't want to rate him high, that's okay. You're not going to get him. All I know is that a player like that is is of great interest to me. You know what it reminds me of a little bit, Craig, is a story that you've told a couple of times, and maybe I'll get it, you to reiterate it for maybe our new listeners and viewers, but about a guy who all he ever did was score 50 goals in the NHL, Mike Bossy, and the discussion <laughs> in his draft. And that's what this kind of – and I'm not saying that this player is going to be Mike Bossy, but it's similar sounding when, when you're talking about this player versus this player. Well, well, that, well. I mean, it, Mike Bossy. All he he was a prolific goal scorer, and, and all, well, yeah, all he does is score. Ken Holland, the current president and general manager of the uh, uh, Edmonton Oilers. I mean, he, he the, the, there was a player in the draft a couple of years ago, and he said his scouts were saying all he does is score. And Ken said, "Well, at the end of the night, they have the scoreboard up there, and the team that gets more goals ends up with a win and two points." So tell me more about all this guy does a score, right? Like, and, and like Mike Bossy, like, I mean, Mike Bossy retired after he realized he couldn't perform anymore at the same level because of his back. I mean, it was physical issues. He, he scored 39 goals every other year in the NHL. He'd scored 50 or more. Like, I mean, one of the best goal scorers ever. So, you know, you can find every little thing wrong with a player. You can say, oh, this guy doesn't have this. Or the next perfect player I see will be the first one because mm-hmm. they don't exist. So what does a player do? What are his attributes? How do you think he can translate? You know, how do you help him develop those things? How willing is he to develop those things and get after him? So when I talk about Matt Coronado, go ahead. Let Logan Stan Colvin, like, oh, yeah, he's not big enough. He's not tall enough. Okay, good, good. So in a couple of years' time, we'll be talking about how did they get so-and-so at this point in the draft? How did they get so-and-so at this point in the draft? And on and on it goes. And, and Dean, to my dying day, I'm going to be able to say the same exact things. Because the one thing I've learned is nobody learns. Now, I shouldn't say nobody learns. People overall don't learn.
Yeah, not enough of it uh, as well. So yeah. when we talk about uh, Matt Coronado, he is uh, heading to Harvard next year. So I wonder how much, um, maybe maybe not necessarily Harvard, but just programs in general, how much would that factor where, where he's playing or going to be playing for you if you were drafting him? Uh, going to Harvard and he plays at Chicago, which we've talked about is just a terrific uh, program. But how much does that factor in for your draft prep where a player is going to be playing next year? Well, part of it is development, and I'm always looking at it as long-term development and and the environment that the player is going to be in, and the vast majority of them are really good. So if we want to look at Harvard, well, he's going to play for Ted Donato. Ted Donato does a great job of, of developing players. And you know what? He, he needs the time, the, the, the actual time to just grow into uh, his game, to, to physically, mentally and emotionally mature. And he's got a great he's got a great coach there, somebody that can really guide him along on and off the ice. I mean, it's a perfect situation for uh, for Matt Coronado going to uh, Harvard University. It's a great opportunity for him. Awesome. And I can, oh. Let me just, and I can tell you this, th- there are very few places that you would be leery of a player going to that you would say, oh, and, and let me tell you, there's players that you're drafting, like from junior hockey, or and you go, yeah, okay, well, if he goes back there, how much more development is he going to get? So, you, you know, th- th- that concern, go, it's not just about a player going to university, it's also where a player's coming from, and is he in an environment that will allow him to grow? Because there's some places that aren't very good, Dean, doesn't mean the player isn't good, but those are considerations you have to take into play. But with Matt Coronado going to Harvard, I mean, it's it, it's a great spot for him. And it's, you know, to have Ted Donato there, phenomenal. You know, just like in the NHL, Craig, uh, not all development is equal. Uh, lots of NHL teams get great oh. prospects, but don't develop them. And and same thing with, uh, you know, development uh, programs as well. And uh, I just want to ask you really quickly about uh, developments in the NHL uh, today. Ralph Kruger being fired in Buffalo. I got to watch him here. I thought he was a great communicator. The players I talked to absolutely loved playing for him. We saw him in the World Cup. But why didn't it work in Buffalo, do you think? Well, I mean, there's a there's probably a whole host of reasons, but you know, when you when you go to consider replacing a coach, you're watching how the team plays, and and it's a coach's domain to instill a system of team play that not only gives the team the best opportunity to perform uh, to the best of their capabilities, but it's also watching players are they uh, able to play to the best of their abilities. They go hand in hand. And, you know, you, you can look at Buffalo. Are they a Stanley Cup contender? Are they a playoff team? No. But when you watch a team play and you see uh, a real level of disjointedness and there's not a lot of coordination in their play and, uh, you know, there's there's factors that you look at and you say, geez, you know what, you know, why are we doing these things? Why do these Why do these types of mistakes continuously show up within our team? You know, where are the players at in terms of their ability to, to play in an environment and in a system that brings out the best of them? That's all under the domain of the coach. And so when I watch the Buffalo Sabres, and I'll, I'll, I'll give you, and I'll, as soon as I finish with this, I, I see uh, a team that uh, certainly you have to look to the coach as responsible for where they find themselves. It wasn't good enough. It wasn't strong enough. And it didn't show any signs of improving. You know, general managers, owners, they want, they, they, they'll be patient. 
to an extent. But when you when you when you see the same things, and remember, a lot, a lot of you're talking to the coach all the time. Your the communication that goes on. It doesn't mean that the coach isn't uh, working hard and trying to find solutions, but it shows up. And at some point in time, uh, you have to you have to say, listen, we need a we need a different coach. We need a different approach in here. And and the, the reason, and what I'll use this as an example with talent and with a team. Colorado Avalanche, when they hired Jared Bednar, he went in there and it was a tough spot coming in there after Patrick Waugh had left and Joe Sackey put him in. And, and the Colorado Avalanche in that 2016-17 season were not very good. But when, when you watch the Colorado Avalanche play, you, you didn't look at the team and go, there wasn't a coordinated effort in there. There, it was, there wasn't things happening with the team that you said, geez, that's under the, the coaching uh, hand and the things that a coach can influence is okay we're going to play together we're going to play with an approach we might not be good enough to get on the right side of the score because we don't have enough talent but the process is right and the way we're playing is right so when I watched Jared Bednar and I and, and I had the benefit of watching Jared Bednar you know be very successful at leagues lower than him I was really happy when Joe Sackett kept him because it showed to me that Joe Sackett number one was really good at understanding, okay, we got to get more talent here and we'll become a better team. And that his coach was really good. So to me, watching the Buffalo Sabres under Ralph, didn't see very much of that. And that's when you have to look and make a change. Yeah, and, uh, you know, the Buffalo Sabres will hope they get the same uh, success that the Calgary Flames have received since uh, Daryl Sutter took over, and I think Jakob Markstrom uh, certainly plays a hand in that as well. Great stuff, as always, Craig. Thank you so much for your time, your passion, and your knowledge, and we'll chat next week. We will, Dean. Thank you. This is a serious message. Craig Button joins us on the Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports Hotline. Become a scout and make money while providing prospects to the Ultimate Franchise Hockey League. What'd you talk about, mister? Pay that man his money. I'm your huckleberry. Check out the details at www.uffsports.com. It's serious. I like it a lot. I said we gotta win it. UFFS, you own the game. Always fun when I get to talk with uh, Mr. Craig Button, uh, the director of scouting for TSN and the president of scouting for high-level scouting. And you will get to pick Craig's brain next week. We're going to do Craig's counsel, as I mentioned, off the top. So if there's a story about a particular player that was uh, in an organization that Craig was with or maybe he looked at in, in, um, in drafting or scouting, um, if you want some tips on different things specific, be as specific as possible about what you should be looking for with uh, different players or things like that. Scouting tips and story time on Craig's Council next week. Here's how you get in touch with us. Tracking the draft at gmail.com. Hit us up, tracking the draft at gmail.com, and uh, we will add. Uh, those questions uh, to the list of questions that we've already received uh, throughout the year. So love to hear from you. I can't wait to hear some more stories uh, from Craig for sure. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please subscribe 
Uh, leave us a review. Let us know what you think. If you're watching on the Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network, just hit that subscribe and notification bell, and you will get something every time we produce something here on UFSN. Uh, we want to be your one-stop fantasy sports shop so make sure you subscribe uh where you're watching here on youtube you can also see it streaming on our uh, uffs so social media channels and if you're listening uh thank you very much uh, please hit that subscribe leave us a review as well by the way you can find past episodes of tracking the draft at podcast alley check it out at podcastalley.ca and uh, make sure you are subscribed to the ultimate fantasy sports network youtube channel we got a lot of great stuff coming there all right that means it is time to wrap things up on the program thank you of course to craig button the director of scouting at TSN, former GM in the NHL and Stanley Cup champion for his passion, knowledge, and his time. And thank you, the listener and the viewer, for downloading and watching this show. This has been Tracking the Draft with Craig Button, where the stars of tomorrow are discovered and discussed. My name is Dean Millard. We will catch up with you again next week. Have a great week in scouting.